and welcome to On The Wire, the official podcast of the PDC. I'm Rod Harrington and in this edition we're looking forward to the Labrooks.com World Championships starting at the Alley Pally this Thursday. Ahead of the tournament, my Sky Sports colleague Rod Studd caught up with two of the men to watch out in the festival period. Last year's third place Welshman and former Lakeside champion Mark Webster, and 2010 quarter finalist and Players' Championship winner Paul Nicholson. Before I chat to Rod about how the big names shape up before the first dart is thrown. Start with Webster, who had a great run to the semi-finals last year and then beat Raymond Barnville in the third and fourth place playoff. After reaching the final of the World Cup with Barry Bates, the 27-year-old is full of confidence going into this tournament. Mark, yeah, just looking ahead to the World Championship and you've just come off the back of a really successful World Cup. Um, just sum up what that's done for your confidence as you go into the, the biggest tournament of the year, the Worlds. I was doing the world are good. I mean, I think was it 200 plus averages in the in the final game against Raymond and Co. So the belief that I can do that puts you know puts me in good stead. I think I can beat the big boys, but at the same time, I've got a tricky first round game with Steve Mace. So I've got to give him the respect he deserves and get the job done, and then look onwards and upwards from there. Yeah, as well as the the World Cup success for Wales. You must have a, a lot of happy memories of going back to the Ali Pali from what was a really good campaign last year. Yeah, I mean, obviously it was. You know, the year I had last year wasn't good, so to get to the semi-finals um, and then eventually finishing third was a great achievement for me. But hopefully, I can go a couple of steps forward this year. I mean, I let myself down against Phil, but I've got a bit more experience, and when I go into those big games, I hope I'm a bit more prepared this year. Yeah, you mentioned Phil Taylor. Then it's always interesting to listen to what the players think of the situation with Phil Taylor. When he loses one tournament, it's you know it's a crisis. If he loses two or three, it's the end of the world for Phil Taylor. What are the rest of the boys saying about the fact that Phil Taylor hasn't won any of the last uh, two or three big tournaments? Um, it's you know it's one of them. There's that cast twenty-two people say he's got no momentum, but yeah. that's very dangerous. I assure you, Phil Taylor is um, is, is still in form. I played him a few weeks ago in the Pro Tour in Derby, and he punished me. He play like you know like he can so you know to, for people to write him off is just is just daft and he is a massive favour at tournament like he always should be I think he's in your segment isn't he your quarter I think I'm right in saying certainly in your half um, I'll be honest I haven't looked that far but I'll, <laughs> t- I'll, I'll take your word to it Roddy, that he's in my sec- section yeah I mean it's a, I mean that is the right attitude isn't it because if you don't beat Steve Mace there isn't a, a, a section for you so it's one game at a time isn't it and that's got to be the way a professional player looks at it exactly I mean Steve Mace a quality player he's got a lot of experience on the TV um, and I certainly don't want to be sitting there Christmas Day not packing my bag to go back yeah. to Alexandra Palace so that's what I plan to do just tell us a little bit about playing down there. I mean that is an enormous stage it must be the biggest stage you've ever played on I mean you, you could get lost on that stage couldn't you oh it's, it's it's massive, but it's such a great arena. Last year, I mean, I've never enjoyed two weeks of darts so much in my life. You know, regardless of that world title when I had in the Lakeside, that was the greatest two weeks I've had. And it, you know, the arena, everything about the competition, the way it's run, you know, it's just a, a fantastic competition. And you know, with 72 people in it, you know, they should all be grateful that they're part of such a massive tournament. Paul Nicholson kicked off the year by winning his first major title, the Players Championship at Perthley. Now the Geordie Aussie has his sights set on bettering his quarterfinal appearance from last year to end a great year in style. Paul, just to start off, I mean, um, the World Cup was very close to being success- very successful in Australia. It was successful. Um, I thought, from watching you in your, in, in your singles games particularly, that you were playing it back to the level that we remember so fondly from the, uh, the Players' Championship at Circus Tavern. Do you think the World Cup's helped you get back into, into some really good form? I think not only the World Cup, but the Grand Slam gave me the opportunity to play more games on stage. and um, Because of the format of the two tournaments, it gave me the opportunity to play more legs on the stage in front of the cameras and you know try and get a bit of confidence back uh, like a lot of people 
who normally you know, hasn't been a terrific season because of uh, numerous reasons. But I've made positive changes in the last couple of months. You know, changing the flights to give me a bit of extra uh, aerodynamics. You know, the help from Unicorn's been fantastic. Um, I'm working on a new rhythm with my throw, and I feel like my score and when I get it right will be a lot heavier. Uh, but the rhythm with my doubles is going to stay the same. You're nice and composed, and I feel like I'm nearly there. I'm I'm not quite 100% happy with it, but I know I'm going in the right direction. Yeah, I mean we know you're you're one of the hardest workers on the tour, hardest practice. I mean you're a grafter and um, looking to make you know ring every ounce of your ability out of yourself. I mean you've got to believe that if hard work means anything, it will bring success down the line. That's correct. I mean I actually do believe that I'm not one of the best players in the world. But I'm one of the hardest workers. Um, I mean, there are so many sportsmen out there who don't have the natural ability of, uh, of certain sports people. But because they work so hard, they get the results that they deserve. I mean, um, you know, Phil Taylor. When you look at him, he is a he's a natural phenomenon. But someone like me who wants to be classed as someone like a Phil, they really do have to work their heart out every single day just to get in that particular bracket uh, I'm like that I mean I was just a normal county player uh, normal state kind of player when I was in Australia but I felt like I had the drive and the determination to actually work hard enough to get to this level I mean my results in my first two years as a pro have been fantastic I mean if you'd said to me in you know November of 2008 this is what you would have achieved in your first two years as a pro I would have snatched your hand off uh, obviously sitting here now um, you know the first 18 months of my being a pro were probably more positive you know the last six months have not been terrific but you know you've got to take the positives out of everything that you ever do and moving forward I do believe that I'm going in the right direction yeah. as a bloke as you've said who has to work really hard all the time and give 100% all the time does it frustrate you when you see players who have a more lackadaisical approach to the thing, and we, we can name two or three. And you know, certainly like Snooker Ronnie O'Sullivan sometimes looks like he couldn't give a, a hoot about what he's doing and still wins things. Do you, do you think, does that frustrate you when you see guys who appear to be making no effort and yet they pick up the odd trophy or two? It does annoy you to a certain extent, I'm not going to lie to you, because um, you know, in these kind of sports, there are people who have so much natural ability they can, they can pick up a snooker cue or, uh, or a golf club or, a, or even a set of darts and just throw them. I mean, Gary Anderson is the perfect example. I mean, I remember you know, him telling me in his mid-20s when he first started playing, his first three darts were 140. But someone like myself, I started playing when I was three, four years old. You know, I started from when I was knee-high to a grasshopper. Someone like me has to you know, really grind to get to the ability and to the stage where we're playing at this level. Whereas other people do have the natural uh, instinct and natural uh, touch of, of doing what we do. So it, it doesn't annoy you a little bit, but at the end of the day, um, class, determination and hard work really does pay off and you know that's what I was taught as a child and uh, that's what I hope will happen in the next 15, 20 years. Yeah, good. Um, let's just look um, quickly at the World Championship. Um, it's been uh, kind of a, a mixed uh, couple of journeys down to the Ali Pali. No, the, the first year I mean, was absolutely terrific and it must be something that, okay, you didn't actually get beyond the quarter final but you must look back on that year uh, when you went down there the first time with the, with the utmost fondness. It, it was a terrific run for him, wasn't it? Really, really enjoyable. It really was. I mean, I was riding the quest, crest of a wave, really. Yeah. Uh, when, you, when you think back on it, uh, the first game I had against Adrian Gray, I 
I was brimming with confidence. I, I was playing fantastic darts at the time. I had, I had no fear. You were that, didn't you? Yeah. Nine legs to nil. Yeah, nine legs to nil. It was a bit of a shock to myself. Yeah. I, I didn't really know I was going to do that because Adrian's a fantastic guy and a, a wonderful player. But, you know, when I played Adrian, Adrian Lewis, uh, I knew that was going to be a bit of a fight. And, you know, nobody thought I was going to win that game. Maybe apart from Eric, who backed me on Sky Sports. Uh, but getting through that game, you know, gave me a lot of confidence. And playing my idol, Dennis Priestley, yeah. next, it was a wonderful experience, uh, too. But, uh, you know, looking at last year, I actually prepared perfectly for last year. I really do believe that. I mean, if you look at the German Darts Championship, which I played in, you know, two weeks previous to the World Championships, I, found I played wonderfully well to get to the semi-finals there. And that is one of the hardest tournaments to play in the whole world. Um, so I was brimming with confidence going into it again. But, you know, the weather and my preparation for that night got in the way. And it really did stop me. I, I do believe that if my preparation was not halted that night I would have beaten Terry Jenkins but these are the learning processes you go through I mean uh, if you look at the, the games that I've had this season you know I've been beaten by Steve Beaton at the World Match Play I've had Terry last year's World Championships that incredible game against Anderson at the UK Open I'm a young man I'm only 31 and uh, you know Phil Taylor only had one world title at 31 so I'm kind of on the same level as him right now I've got one major um, I don't take that for granted. I actually do want to work as hard as he has for the last 19 years, and I'd love to be in the same position as him when he's fi uh, when I'm 50. But you know, I've always said there's only one thing I've ever wanted to do in my entire career, and that was win one world title. Whether it's this year, whether it's in 10 years' time, I'm going to work my uh, my hiney off. I'm going to say that in a nice way um, to make sure that I give myself the best opportunity to play well in the first round against Steve Farmer in the next few weeks and uh, give myself the best opportunity after Christmas. Finally Paul, you've mentioned your first game there against Steve Farmer, um, you know, you, you're taking pot lock out of a draw, um, he's a useful player isn't he, we saw him in the Grand Prix, so you know, it, it's a, it could have been a lot easier for you but you know, the draw's a draw and you get on with it don't you? That's right, I mean, every, every draw player who's in the draw tunes into Sky Sports News and they say, who, who am I going to get today? You know, I remember a couple of years ago when I got Adrian Gray and I thought, I'm quite happy with that you know it's quite an even game uh, last year when I got Terry Jenkins I thought oh, that couldn't have been much harder um, but this year being a seed you know you obviously think there is the opportunity of getting a preliminary game or someone who's a little bit further down the order of merit getting someone like Steve who is the top players championship qualifier out of the top 32 it probably couldn't have been much worse but my mentality is if you're going to win these kind of tournaments you've got to beat everybody and if you can start well against someone like Steve then there's nothing stopping you I mean Steve is a wonderful uh, wonderful gentleman he's, he's obviously come to the PDC this year he's really stamped his authority and I'm, I'm really happy to know the guy he's a lovely lovely guy uh, and he, he was courageous enough to jump from the BDO and come over to our society and uh, improve himself and he's done that you know by winning a pro tour in Holland by making a final in, in the UK as well. So I've got a lot of respect for him, but at the end of the day, I mean, on the 16th of December, he's gonna be my worst enemy, and uh, I've got some things in store, whether it be you know what I'm wearing or the kind of attitude I'm gonna bring, but I'm not gonna leave any stone unturned to make sure that I'm in that draw after Christmas. After the Cash Converters World Cup of Darts, Rod Studd and I had a chat about the contenders for the Labrooks.com World Darts Championship. Rod, uh, the World Championship coming up, and I know you, like me, are really looking forward to it. It should be a terrific tournament. Um, just firstly, let me uh, ask you about Phil Taylor. Um, an uncharacteristic run where he, you know, he hasn't 
won tournaments for the last uh, last few events. Um, just give us your take on what's happening with Phil Taylor at the moment, if you could, for us. Well, I think Phil, uh, he, you know, when he lost to Adrian Lewis in the Grand Prix, I think that put him on a little bit of a downer. I think he felt a little bit let down or disrespected, I think is more the word. Um, I've been there myself and, and, and it does hurt. And I think that's carried on from Phil. But the one thing Phil Taylor has always done, he may have had little dips, um, but he comes back very strong. And I expect Phil to come back and have a great world championship. Um, he, you know, he, he's a funny, funny fellow, Phil. He's very um, emotional sort of person. When he's on a, on a very high, nothing affects him. But he does get affected a little bit at times uh, with the way he uh, is treated and what have you. And uh, he didn't like it in the Grand Prix. And um, but I, I, I mean. I've known Phil for 25 years yeah. and I've, I've always known him to come back strong. Yeah, um, not just the Grand Prix, of course. Steve Beaton played superbly to yeah. beat him in the, in the Grand Slam. And then at the recent World Cup, we saw Phil and James Wade getting knocked out early by the Spanish. Now, off the back of that, I mean, I've been talking to people and they say, Phil Taylor won't win the World Championship this year. Now, I've learnt over the years never to say that. I mean, it's been very stupid thing to say if you were having a, a bet which obviously we know you can't but I mean if you could have Taylor or the rest of the field which side of the fence would you uh, go on at this stage definitely Taylor he's going to have a really hard second round game against John Park if they both win of course John Park's one of the few people that knows how to play Phil Taylor is not well, not scared of him more to the point and, um, and John Park's very up for it but John Park's not been playing well for two years you know and uh, like we've all done we can all talk a good game but getting up there especially against Phil Park, Taylor and playing a good game there's big difference uh, now if there's going to be an upset in this World Championships it will be in that second round against John Park um, because, you know, if John Park happened to turn up, what happens with great players like John Park, three times world champion? They might not be playing well, but all of a sudden they can turn up and they can turn it on and they can take shots under pressure where other players don't. And so Phil has to look out for that game, but I think if Phil gets over the second game, I mean, it, it's a brave man to back against Phil and it's going to be a brave man and an exceptional man to go and beat him. Yeah. Um We'll talk more about who might win it if, if Taylor's in a moment, but I just wanted to look at one of the first round ties that when it came out, uh, no one really batted an eyelid, and I'm talking about James Wade against uh, Antonio Alcinas, the uh, the Spanish guy. And when that came out, I thought, a bit of nothing really. I mean, Wade will beat him, even though Alcinas has beaten him on the tour this year. It looks a very different game now after the recent World Cup, doesn't it, when the Spaniards beating England. Is Wade vulnerable there, Rob, do you think? Well, I think the first rounds, uh, every dart player will tell you that you're always a little bit vulnerable because you don't know how you're going to yeah. go up there. The World Championship is such a major, major event with major prize money that you, you don't want to mess up. You know, you want to be in after Christmas. So that's extra pressure, along with all first rounds are hard anyway. But like you say, we didn't know about this, Antonio, until this World Cup. And he stepped up there and he's beaten some great players. Yeah. And he's not only beaten them, he's beaten them up. He looks a good player. A young man, looks great for the game. Now, James Wade will be sitting at home and going, do you know what? This bloke already beat me in Germany in the early part of the year in a tour event. He's just gone and beaten us in the pairs. Although a lot of players don't class pairs as a proper yeah. game because, you know, alternate throws and all that. Yeah. But certainly, this young man is not going to be scared of James Wade. And that's the important factor. He will not be scared of Wadey. Yeah. Now let's look, I mean, you've said that um, you've nailed your colours to, to Phil Taylor's Masters, as it were, but what about other players? Um, you know, Simon Whitlock, obviously, from the final last year, but the one we're always interested in is Raymond Van Barneveld. Now, um, when Barney plays well, I mean, you could literally just sit there and watch it all day. It is a beautiful sight when Barneveld's very well. We saw him doing well at the, uh, the World Cup. Um, do, do you get the feeling that Barney's now back to that, that wonderful form that he can 
uh, can produce. I wouldn't say he's back to uh, that wonderful form uh, where he was when he beat Phil Taylor in the final. I think he's a long way off that. Uh, his action, I watch him in the practice room, and he is back to that Barney. But when he gets on the big stage, he isn't. And it's all down to attitude. Nothing else, I mean, because there's no reason if you can do it on a practice board, why you can't do it on a big stage. So it's pressure and attitude. Now, what we've seen in this World Cup, and it's it's facts. It isn't Rod Harrington shouting his mouth off again. This is facts. That Barnvelt has been happy. He's been laughing. Every single person that's been around him has noticed this. What's the reason? Stompy has been him that way. Coach Stompy has roomed with him. He's, Barney said to me this morning, he said, he's not nice. He said, you know, he's always making me laugh. Now, in any form of life, work, play, anything, if you are happy, you're in a better mood. If you're in a better mood, you will do your job better, whether it is sweep the roads, play football, play golf, cricket, especially darts. Barnvelt has played some super darts this week and showed that there is a Barney there that used to be the brilliant Barney. Now, it's horrible to say... Get rid of the miserable people around you and bring back the happy people. And I want to see a smile on his face. And then he's going to be a major force to be reckoned with. As I said, everybody, when you're miserable, you don't do your job right. Barney, when you're happy, you're a brilliant player. That's why I'm here, Rob, to make you laugh. Just pick out a few more. I mean, I mentioned Whitlock. I mean, Gary Anderson, you know, everyone always talks about about Gary. And he hasn't... Managed to make the breakthrough in the PDC. Uh, Paul Nicholson had a good run at the World Championship before. Coach Stompy, you mentioned we know what he can produce. But perhaps you know, give us a little bit of a hint who might have a good run. Do you think on current form or current evidence? Well, I'll tell you someone who I think is going to have a great World Championships. He's got a, a very tough first round draw against Justin Pipe, and that's Mark Walsh. He uh, lost to Phil Taylor in a one tour event in the final last week, and then went and beat him in the final the second week. Uh, the second day, sorry. I've been watching him. Solid as it comes, scoring, not missing doubles. For some reason, he's got a bit of a different attitude and uh, can't put my finger on because I haven't talked to him a lot. He's hard to talk to, Mark, because he's very quiet. He's a very good professional. He does not make a noise, doesn't hear him swear. You don't see him having too much drink. He's doing it the right thing at the right time. Now, Justin Pipe is a solid player. I've been playing really well on the tour. This is one of the first times he's going to be on the big stage. So, you know, how he plays on that big stage. But Mark Walsh... I think we're going to see do well in this World Championships. And outside bet, will he win it? He's going to have to play out of his skin to win it. But if he gets over that first and second round and gets confidence in his own ability, then Mark Walsh is going to be dangerous to uh, do really well. Let me just ask you one final question and ask you about Adrian Lewis. Now, it's a, I don't know if it's a nice tank to have or a horrible tank, but <laughs> the best player never to win a major. We've seen it. We've got Phil Mickelson had it until he made the break to win golf, for example. Monty yeah. had it all the way through his golf career. I don't know if it's a good tag or a bad tag. It means you're a very good player, but you haven't quite quite done it. I mean, can Adrian Lewis, we saw him beat Taylor in uh, in Dublin, could this be Adrian Lewis's year, or will he always be a nearly man do you think? Um, I, I think he will go on to win a major. I think he's got to change his lifestyle, as I've said so many times. And again, you know, it's Rod Arrington opening his mouth. But guys, listen to what I say. I've been there, I've had the very highs, I've had the very lows. Adrian Lewis, as we've always said, and even Eric Bristow has said it, and Phil Taylor, the talent of the guy is unlimitless. You know, he, he, he really is an absolute brilliant dart player. Brilliant dart players, brilliant footballers, brilliant golfers don't always win tournaments or trophies. You know, that has to be the full package to be a world champion, a world Grand Prix, a world match play. You have to have the full package. That package really is and I don't think Adrian Lewis has got the discipline at the moment. He may go up there and thrash a couple of three players, but you've got to win five, six games to be a world champion. Now, Adrian has to 
focus on every one of them games. You know, everyone has to be an individual game. Don't worry about the second game. Don't worry about the third, third game. Get over the first one first, but prepare yourself right for that first one. Now, if Keith Dell is his manager, <clears throat> if I was Keith, well, actually, I told him when he was coming over the World Pro draw, don't let Adrian do any exhibitions for at least two weeks leading into that World Championships. Don't want to go out there on the road. Don't want to do the travelling. Exhibitions do not sharpen you up. They're fun. That's why some people are still brilliant in exhibitions but can't win a game on the tour. Keep him away from exhibitions. Just get him walking every day so he gets the pent-up tension out of his body. Get him practising properly, not over-practising. Do not practise just because I've got to practise. Practise because you want to practise. Practise and enjoy it. We talked about Barnvo enjoying things. You enjoy practise, you play better in practise. You play better in practise, you're confident when you go on the competition dartboard. And that's what Adrian Lewis has got to do, in my opinion. And if you look at every single player that's been a world champion or won a major, they've always been at a time when they're very happy in their life. They don't do a lot of road work. Phil Taylor's never done a lot of road work. Dennis Priestley, Eric Bristow when he was do, uh, winning them didn't. I won a few tournaments, I never did a lot of road work. Barney didn't do a lot of road work. The people in this game that are doing a lot of road work are the people that are not playing to their potential. Adrian Lewis, I'll be the first one to shake his hand as I told him last Saturday when he wins a major because it would be great for the game and it will take him to a new level. But how long are we going to wait for AD to do that? That's right, I look forward to seeing you at the Alley Palace. Yeah, I look, really look forward. I think it's going to be possibly one of the best tournaments ever. We say this at every TV yeah. event, um, but I think the way the World Cup's gone, I think it's going to be absolutely brilliant. And I think that Simon Whitlock after the World Cup is going to be a force to be reckoned with as well. Labrooks have released their odds for the tournament and I've had a look through and found some great value. Well, I had a look at the first round draw and I've picked out five games where there possibly could be upsets. First one is Paul Nicholson, the Geordie Aussie against Steve Farmer. Steve Farmer, 11-4. There should be some value there because if he takes the form of the tour events on the big stage, he could give Paul Nicholson a good run for his money. Chris Thompson, the man from York, takes on Colin Osborne. Five to two odds Chris Thompson is to beat Colin Osborne. Osborne not had the best of years, been missing a lot of doubles on the big stage. And I see Chris Thompson running Colin Osborne very close in this match. Barry Bates, runner-up in the World Cup of Darts and coming into this tournament well on form, takes on Kevin McDyne. And at five to six on, Barry Bates, that seems to be extremely good value that Labrooks are giving. Nigel Hayden takes on Robert Thornton. Hayden, another player that has been really playing well on the tour events. Thornton, after breaking his hand, has been struggling with his game. And at 7-4, Hayden looks like he will run Thornton, perhaps right to the deciding game. My old mate Richie Burnett, coming back on form that see him win the Lakeside World Championship. He takes on Alan Tabern, a player that's just dipped in form over the last six to eight months. Burnett, 13-8, Great value again, along with the other four. Another match where there could be an upset is Alex Roy. He won through the qualifiers, and you're a tough cookie to come through all those players. He takes on Mark Dubbridge, a hit-or-miss player this year, and Alex Roy, if he takes that first set, could give Dubbridge some big problems. I've also picked out four matches that I think are the bankers of the first round. Peterson at 8-15, Mansell at 1-2, Painter at 2-5, Priestley at 2-5. That pays 4.5-1. If you do them in trebles and a fourfold, I think you're going to be quids in. 
Mervyn King's not coming into the World Championships on the best of form. Lost his father in the middle of the year and just can't seem to get on the practice board and get that form that see him runner-up in the Premier League. He has a tough bracket draw. Andy Smith, Gary Anderson and Dennis Priestley. It'll be interesting to see what form Mervyn King comes into the Labbrooks.com World Championship. Raymond van Barneveld comes into this tournament on good form and smiling after winning the World Cup of Darts with Co Stompy a couple of weeks ago. Raymond has sacked all his entourage and now has gone back to the manager that he won five world championships with. He is my each-way bet for the Labrooks.com World Championship. Mark Walsh is another player I see doing well in this championship. He has Justin Pipe in the first round. That could be a small stumbling block, but if he gets over Pipe, I can see Walsh doing very well. His tournament four on the tour events has been extremely good, beating Phil Taylor only two weeks ago. Keep an eye out for Walsh. I expect him to do very well. Well, if we look at my four semi-finalist pick from the top of the group, Phil Taylor, I can't see anybody beating him. The only chance where there may be a stumbling block for the power is against John Part in the second round. Part, one of the few players that knows how to play Taylor, but not really on form for the last two years. But if the form of John Part comes back when he beat Phil Taylor in the World Championship final... That could be an upset for Taylor, but Taylor, the first semi-final place for me. Looking at the second semi-final, Simon Whitlock, the favourite in that half, has to be the one for me. If anyone could take him out, it could be Adrian Lewis. But Lewis, since his final place in the World Grand Prix, he's not really hit form. Whitlock's checkouts should see him a second semi-finalist. In the third bracket, I'm going with the favourite again, James Wade. Really has been playing well this year, should be on form, should have a great mindset coming into this World Charts Championship. The only one that I can see him having an upset against may be Mark Walsh, but Mark Walsh has to take that tournament form on the floor onto that big stage. So the third semi-finalist for me, James Wade. Well, for me, Raymond Van Barneveld will make up the fourth semi-finalist. If he plays Dennis Priestley, I think Dennis, perhaps his age is catching up on him and his attitude is just loving the game of darts. Gary Anderson, will he be able to take out the doubles under crucial pressure? Andy Smith, I don't think he's got the score power to take on Barney and Mervyn King. Openly admits he's not in the right frame of mind. So Barney, the fourth semi-finalist and a very strong one. This year sees a record number of players and a record number of quality players. Look out for the nine data, and certainly a 170 will go in this tournament, possibly two or maybe three. Well, the winner of the tournament can only be Phil Taylor for me. He's lost his last three TV tournaments. He will be coming into this one on form, snapping at everybody's heels. He will have practiced right. He'll be in the right mindset for the tournament. So for me, it's Taylor for his 16th. Thanks for listening to On The Wire preview podcast for the Labrooks.com World Championship. The next time you hear from Rod Studd and myself, Rod Harrington, we'll be backstage at Alexandra Palace bringing you the reaction and opinion from behind the scenes of the biggest and best darts tournament in the world.